0: I want to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which I work and live on. I pay respect to elders, past, present, and future. Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. On today's episode, I chatted to Tegan Verhal, a now London-based actress. We chatted about her start in acting in Vancouver, what led her to study in London, what roles inspire her, and some fun rapid-fire questions. So grab a coffee. And enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Coffee Chat podcast. Thanks Thank for you. On. Thank you. Thanks for saying yes.
2: Two thumbs up. Thanks for inviting me. Two thumbs
1: me. up. You're welcome. Um, okay, let's just start. Why don't you introduce yourself to who's listening and who, who is Tegan? Who are you? Hi. My name is Tegan. <laughs> i am an
2: actor uh yeah that's about it that's it, it. I'm,
1: that's, it. Yeah. that's all you do
2: <laughs> that's it yeah that was pretty boring isn't it
1: i know i was rooting for you on um, that one
2: accla- acclaimed know. brain surgeon space astronaut um inventor of cheese there we go I, sp- I spruced up my resume a little just, just a little
1: <laughs> um okay we'll start let's start in Okay, let's start with your, act. let's just start at the beginning, I guess, of your acting journey. Um, yeah. Were you, are you born in Vancouver? Is that, or did yeah. you? Oh, wow. I, know. I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, technically I was born in Surrey. Uh, grew up, spent oh. my time between Langley and Vancouver. So. It's, I'm a, Va- if you're from anywhere other than Vancouver, you would be like, that counts. But if you're from Vancouver, you'd be
1: like, Valley girl. Yeah, literally. And I'm yeah. not Canadian. <laughs> I don't know that because <laughs> I was educated mm-hmm. about that. Um, did no. you always want to do acting or how, how did, yeah? How did yeah, I'm one of
2: those weirdos. It's a calling. It's like since I was a little kid, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. So my parents uh, put me in a fine arts school, like in the hit 80s film Fame. Um, so, yeah, from the age of like six to 18. They were doing, um, we had fine arts. So from grade one to seven, you would do like um, music, visual art, dance and drama like each three hours a week. And then once you hit high school in grade eight, you picked a major like you do in university. So then it was like seven hours minimum. That was a drama major, seven hours minimum of that. And then on top of that, you could do drama electives. And on top of that, you would do like drama ensemble, which was our like once a year audition
1: only play type
2: thing.
1: Oh. So it was, Ooh, yeah. Damn. And then so then how did you navigate like the acting industry in Vancouver?
2: Well, so my whole family works in film. Like my dad's uh yeah my dad's a cinematographer. My um sister now is uh she works in wardrobe her husband also works in film. My um ex-stepmom was a producer all of her siblings worked in film. So when I was like I want to be an actor Everyone was like, oh no, please don't, you don't know. Do it. You don't do it, don't do it. But I persisted. And so they were, they were very supportive eventually when they're like, well, she's not gonna stop wanting this. Um, so in, yeah, when I was still in high school, uh, I started doing like scene study classes downtown. And then once I graduated, I knew that I always wanted to be an actor, but I also knew that I wanted, um, I was like a nerd I was like, I wasn't challenged enough in high school. There's so much <laughs> I want to learn still about, I was like an English lit and history nut. So I went to UBC to get a degree in that, like a normal people degree, not for a backup or not for anything else, but because I wanted it for me. Um, and when I was there, I kept performing. I had an agent and um, for, for commercial film and TV. And then I also got into improv, doing improv with UBC, improv. Wow. Yeah, and then that kind of set the stage. All my 20s was doing comedy, basically. Yeah. Pods,
1: sketch comedy and all that. Oh, I love, I, oh how, yeah. <laughs> how did you find navigating Vancouver as a comedic actor? Like, it was, you know,
2: yeah. Yeah, it was, like, something I got into because all my friends were doing it. So, really, I just kind of got, I just, like, you know hung on to them the whole time we got shepherded through and just hand-fed opportunities uh very very lucky but yeah it's the comedy scene in Vancouver is interesting it was I guess Mm. I guess you call it the like alternative comedy scene it's not it wasn't stand-up and it wasn't theater sports it's like the sort of smaller independent comedy groups and the, the scene in Vancouver is so interesting that it's so supportive so much more supportive than other cities where it's like everyone goes to each other's shows and with sketch and improv especially it's a lot less cutthroat than stand-up is because you're all in groups and supporting each other so it was lots of fun got to tour around a bunch too toured through north america performing and yeah doing cool things with my friends it was great
1: <laughs> like it's a great time fun yeah it was fun awesome. yeah <laughs> now you're in the uk doing yeah. your masters how I, did, I mean what the heck girl <laughs>
2: <sighs> yeah it's wild so it's yeah
1: freaking wild i i can't how did you decide to do that did you always want to do that
2: yeah it was another always wanted to do it thing and then it just took me until now to actually do it i guess um yeah always wanted it's, it's just one of those weird people just since i was a kid i'm like i want to live in london uh, and I went for the first time when I was 16 on a theater, like a school theater major trip, yeah. and was just like, I just so vividly remember that just being there, it felt more like coming home than flying back to Vancouver ever has. Um, yeah. I was just kind of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, so ever since then, I've always just called it like my pipe dreams. You know, my pipe dream to like go to London, live in live in London, and work as an actor, um, or like go to drama school there and so yeah I just kept kicking the can on the road I guess and when I graduated Mm -hmm. university I was just like okay time to do drama school I did I did my university time to do that so I did a like um a theater intensive guild hall for the summer and it was just like oh my god this is amazing I got uh, some letters of recommendation got myself set up spent that next spring auditioning I got into a school in New York actually was accepted into except my spot, and then through a series of unfortunate circumstances, I wasn't able to go, no. which is fine now, the time it was devastating. Of course. Um, yeah, but when that happened, I was kind of just like, okay, this is not gonna be my path. One of my best friends, who's actually from Sydney, uh, got in. Yeah, so oh. she was, I know, she was going there and with another one of my comedy friends from Bellingham. So I was like, well, you guys have fun. I'll just stay in Vancouver. Um, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, well, I'll make my career happen in other ways. So I really focused on comedy. I focused more on um, film, TV, auditioning stuff like that. And I did that for a number of years. And then just kept, just kept being like, you know, my, my goal is to move to London. How do I make that happen? And it kind of it went into like, well, I've, you know, my best shot of getting there is through an artist visa. So I kind of got to make it in Vancouver first. The theater scene in Vancouver is kind of, it's small and difficult to get in. Only a few actors really make a living doing that. So it's just like, okay, I actually have to focus on film and TV and stop doing theater projects. It's like, okay, do coaching for film and TV and get better, get a better agent and then start auditioning more. And it was just kind of like the pet that I got, (laughs) I got divorced in 2018. Uh, And I was kind of just like, you know what, it's time for me to start putting my life first so um i was just like okay how do i make this happen started started doing research went and toured my school where i go to now the royal central school of speech and drama in london home of judy dench among others i know love her. we've got a studio called the dench studio and every time of course there is judy my friend judy lives here um but that's not her accent that's a random (laughs) accent but it was beautiful Um, Thank you. Um, but yeah, so it was just wanting to go, want to go, want to go. And then I just kept putting off auditioning. I think it was like, as long as I didn't try, it was still a possibility and a thing to strive for. And even if like normally with drama school, you don't get in your first time, you audition again and again, and then they see that you really want it and you want to be there and then they give you a spot. So, uh, pandemic hit last year and I was like, okay, like I, I need to actually focus on yeah. for the like 20th time in my life. I was like, I need to actually focus on what I want. So I went on the website to be like, okay, well I'll apply next year. And I was like, it said spots are still open. And I was like, that's weird. Cause it's like, yeah. at this point, I think it was like May, June. I was like, that's yeah. weird. So, cause normally school starts in September. So I emailed them being like, what says on your website that you're want. still, they're like, yeah, yeah. We've, uh, we're, we're going to push the start date to january so we still got applications open i was like okay so i applied you fill in this application you upload um your letter of recommendation your two letters of recommendation you fill out this application you know it's whatever yada, yada yada don't hear back until august and they're like, we'd like to invite you to audition. Normally, um, normally what they would do is they would have, they would tour around North America. Yeah. It's a couple of like New York, San Francisco, LA, Vancouver, Toronto, and they would have audition days or you could fly to London. Um, but because of COVID they're like, you can just film it and submit it. So it's like, oh wow, good. So like, <laughs> I, yeah, I coached my monologues, filmed my monologues, submitted my monologues weeks ahead of schedule i was just like well if it's in january i gotta go i gotta move on this um don't hear anything back until like october wow and they're like we have we'd like uh you've moved ahead to the next round of interviews which normally if it weren't pandemic would mean that you would fly to london and you they would i think it's like they workshop you in groups and you you meet all the instructors and you work with them for the day and stuff like that but because it's pandemic it's um an interview my interview date is like November 4th or something
1: yeah.
2: at 4 a.m. Vancouver time. Oh my god, no! So the day before, at like five o'clock, I like pop a sleeping pill and like go to sleep, don't sleep well at all because I keep being like, Oh, I've slept well, yeah. I slept through my alarm, like a zillion times, and then. I woke up at yeah, 2 a.m. to give myself time to like actually oh wake God. up and like warm up because you have to do your they workshop your monologues. Um, wow. So I show up and it's a Zoom room with like eight of us, ten of us. I and mean, one one of the guys in there got into the program as well. Um, and they just kind of it's like the two, so there's a I feel like I've run way ahead of myself. Uh, so the Royal Center School of Speech and Drama has uh two MA acting programs. There's MA Acting Contemporary, yeah. MA Acting Classical. Um, so they've got the head of contemporary and head of classical. Um, we're on the Zoom call with a bunch of us prospective students. And they kind of say, like, okay, you know, this is the breakdown of the program. This is kind of how it's changed because of COVID. Um, this is what we're going to do today. And we're actually going to give you slots to do your monologues with us. So I wound up actually not doing my monologue until about 10 a.m. Vancouver time so I just had to stay awake from like 2 a.m. until 10 and I'm like lying on the couch in my living room and it's dark because it's November just like trying to stay awake getting up rewarming up everything so then you get like a one hour slot uh and it was the last one and so did workshop my monologues I'm pretty sure I seriously offended the classical teacher with my 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 version of my classical Shakespeare monologue um, but they were like really nice, and they yeah, you know, they interviewed and they talked to you about they really want to know just where you are in your journey and kind of because they want to find people who are gonna who are gonna benefit the most from this program at this point in their career so there there's I think they only have one or two people that are straight out of uni, the rest have just had a bit of life under their belts, professional experience or other training um and they said to me, you know don't don't take this the wrong way. But if you don't get in this year, we really, really encourage you to apply again next year. And I oh, was like, great. Like, yeah. that's awesome. Like, yeah. man, I'm, I'm basically getting in next year. Like, I'm, it's not going to happen this time, which is honestly so good because it's November. It would be so stressful to have to move to London in the middle of a pandemic right? in right. like a, a month from now. That'd be crazy. And I was just like,
0: you know, okay. I'd have to
2: find, find my friends and family and it's a like, God, weird time, uh, all the stuff in the air. Okay. I was just like, oh, okay, K- kind of relieved, but like, ah, oh, you know, it's going to push my life plans back a year, but that's fine. Um, so they're like, well, you know, you'll hear back from us in like two weeks, max. This is November 4th. Uh, so November 4th plus two weeks rolls by. I haven't heard anything. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I like su- super duper didn't get in because I'm sure they'd have contacted the people who yeah. got in by now. November 28th rolls around. I'm, because I work from home, sitting on my couch and I get a little ping on my email and I look and it's an email from the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama Admissions and it just says acceptance. And I was just like, oh my God. My whole body froze. And I read the intro and they're like, yeah, I would like to offer you a position. And I was just, I started bawling. And I was just so, yeah, and it was just a mixture of just like, I had already adjusted my whole life plan to be doing this like the next year I've got, you know, the middle of pandemic, I've got to get a student visa approved. I've got to get a line of credit approved. And I had been deliberately like not making moves on this stuff because I didn't want to jinx it because I was so sure. Yeah, (laughs) so I had like done preliminary research on all this, but I was suddenly just like, oh,
1: fuck yeah holy moly yeah
2: so then the next month I cried every day and not like a little tear like it was just Mm full-on mental breakdown because every day was a massive decision or a huge setback like the visa centers because of COVID they just shut down all their call centers because that makes sense and like the hours the hours were different than on the website you couldn't get a hold of anyone. I couldn't make an appointment. Their online booking system was fucked. So I showed up there in person, but they were closed that day randomly. And like they they had options. You had to like have your funding in place in order to apply for the visa. So I was trying to like make appointments with banks to talk about lines of credit. And then I had to, you know, I asked my dad who very kindly like co-signed the, the world's largest line of credit, but it was just like I had to make appointments at different banks and then get that paperwork in. And then they were like shut for a weekend. And then Christmas was coming up. So like, really only had like two and a bit weeks to do this and then in the uk they found the whole country shuts down for basically the whole month of december so i'm also trying to find a flat online oh and you deal God. with yeah you deal with letting agents here like real estate agents for rentals yeah. like you don't deal directly with people so i'm like doing viewings and i spend three hours every morning just looking at flats and trying to find places and i got one in a cute little neighborhood called st john's wood I was like, okay, at least that's done. And then my you know, my my student visa, I managed to get an appointment in time. and while they didn't have the option to do the twenty four hour turnaround, they had a like five day turnaround or whatever. so that was fine. And then, oh, and then my cat, I had to just like organize, organize stuff just like, how do I get my cat into this country? Yeah uh, and that was a whole other thing. Uh, and then it wound up and then and then things were shutting down. Oh like my God. they stopped doing direct flights from vancouver to london because that new variant came up or something and then i had planned it was gonna it's in order to get a pet into the uk you can't fly with them in the cabin you have to put them in cargo and you also have to use a third-party vendor oh which is going to cost like 2500 bucks so it's actually a thousand dollars cheaper for me to fly to paris and then pay a taxi from the UK to drive through the channel, pick me up from the airport, drive back through the channel and drive me straight to my flat. So I booked that, paid for that, oh my booked God. these tickets to Paris, told all my friends and family, because I, I didn't want to tell anyone about it until it was just like, yeah. until, basically until first day of school. But I, had to, I really had to tell my family, like I'm leaving. Um, and then <laughs> like, so the story is taking like ages. Um, but and so then I was meant to leave Boxing Day Um, and everything was like, it, it was at the point in the pandemic where just like shit was changing every day. Like everything could have, and then, so then like Christmas Eve, I think was when France completely shut down all travel to and from the UK. Uh, so I had to the day before, so Christmas day, day before I was meant to leave, I changed my flights. So I was no longer flying to Paris. I was going to leave my cat at home and have her come a couple months later. And then I was flying uh, to London this time. Like, yeah, <laughs> so that I so that it was on the 27th. I like packed all my shit, and so that also my flat that I'd gotten, the letting oh, agent no. was just MIA, like she was just not answering, and she was just like, "There's been an issue with some of the paperwork, and because the, they wouldn't sign the final contract, they're like, we're trying to get some." Random certification, we can't let you in until then. So you might not be able to get into your flat right away as planned. And I was like, okay, when? She's like, I don't know. So thankfully, I have a friend here who's my absolute guardian angel, Kelby. She's just like, All my flatmates are out of the country. She's got this like three, four bedroom place in um Shoreditch, which is like a really cool area. She's like, just come stay with me. So we flew in on the 27th, landed on December 28th and just went straight to Kelby's and was just like, I am oh my dead. God. Yeah, so school's supposed to start January 4th. Oh, and that was the thing. So everything's shutting down and the school kept yeah. emailing us, be like, get to London, get to London now before everything shuts down. School's starting January 4th. You guys need to get here. You need to leave time to quarantine. What? So there was quarantine as well. So oh my god, I was going to have to leave in the middle of December because you have to quarantine for 10 days when you get here. Um, but then they changed it they have this thing called test to release where you could pay an extra like hundred pounds, um, to pay for an extra test so that you could end your quarantine after five days. So I was able to thankfully leave after Christmas instead of having to miss Christmas with my family. Not that we could see each other anyway, but it was just like, but- it, yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, I get in, I do my five day quarantine where it's just like, I, I should, should say as well, like Kelby and I were basically acquaintances. We're not besties oh my I'm god. Staying at her place for free and being like I am out of almond milk will you please go to the <laughs> store and get me some just like oh, I use my last tampon I need you to like go to the story I'm hungry do we <laughs> just oh, like
1: breathe. oh
2: my god I felt so she was so kind and so lovely and like and I was having a rough time uh just a real rough time That's just doing, brutal. Long, just doing long distance relationship at the time as well. So it was just like, ah, and then, so the school messages us. Cause they're like, like, cause London went the, the entire UK went into a complete lockdown, yeah. like just, just about then. And so the school was just like, okay, um, we're going to push the start date from January 4th to January 10th, but on the oh. 4th, we're going to meet, we're going to have a zoom Get to know you sessions like okay cool january 4th right. rolls around like so excited i'm in kelby's bedroom got my zoom set up and uh, i see for the first time all my classmates i figure out who i have a crush on who's cool who's not um vibe it kidding. out
1: i did but you know
2: yeah i did look them all up on instagram and i did decide of who to course have a crush
1: you on. do um yeah
2: right yeah um it was funny as well like how first impressions have changed we we had a good discussion with all our classmates, like what everyone's first impression was of everyone. Um apparently I come across as intimidating, which I don't get. I don't
1: oh uh, I can vouch for that a little bit. Just saying.
2: Really? Yeah, a little bit. I <laughs> see. I just know what a moron I am. I, just, I, I assume <laughs> I come like, across as like, this, this little like helpful gremlin to everyone, and that's everyone's first impression. I feel like
1: me. once you get past like the hi, oh, hello, beautiful love
2: it yeah thank you so yeah so (laughs) anyway Uh, it's good to laugh um isn't it isn't it it? um so we do the zoom meeting scoping out my classmates getting excited and they're like well you know we really want to ensure that you guys have the best experience with your education. So, you know, with the lockdown, i kind of don't know when that's gonna end. We d- we made the decision to push your school start date to April 4th. Oh my God. <laughs> and I just sitting there in the Zoom like, hmm. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid smile. Oh, a couple of people turned their cameras off. And I was just like, mm-hmm, smiling, and nod, smile and nod. So that when the Zoom meeting ended and I turned it off and I just went downstairs, Kelby was just like, "Well, I'm going home." They had like just opened up Canada, just opened up. That was the other Canada. Canada was just like, no one's allowed yeah. to come here from the UK. So Canada announced that they were going to open. Flights. So I just had a cool three week vacation, stayed at the inside of Kelby's flat. Went back home, was able to work for another couple months. Oh my uh, God sorted everything out got to have a bit more time in vancouver with family and friends and stuff uh, and then moved out here properly at the end of march and then started this school actually started on april 4th and even then i was just like i don't want to announce i'm going here yet. Like i think i waited till like may to be like by the way i'm at this school <laughs> doing my master's degree it's real now but it wasn't real until now it wasn't
1: before it was all yeah. i know because i think i remember seeing the post i was like what like what (laughs) surprise which i think is the best kind of like being like hey hey, hey, everyone look at what i'm (laughs) doing Uh, because everyone's like what the heck i know
2: okay yeah people kept messaging me like why are you in london just like oh i should have I should yeah, I should have told you this it's just like at this point it's just easier to make a loud announcement than to keep messaging people being like, FYI just don't send me any email because I don't live in Vancouver anymore I'm in foggy London town
1: so yeah. how so you officially so you've officially started now yeah you're in it you're doing it now it's happening yeah. Yeah. how is it is it everything you've ever dreamed of Honestly,
2: it is, uh, I'm like so unbelievably happy. I'm just happy every day. I get to do what I love with just the most amazing people. And the program is like, I'm gonna sound like an absolute chill for the school, but the program's amazing. Like the instructors really care about you as an individual. It's a one-year program. And it's not like, you know, I'm, I, in a way, I'm glad that I waited this long to go because yeah. it's not one of those break you down, destroy you and build you back up things. They're very much just like, you're, you're all actors. You're, this is a master's level program. We're professionals. You're professionals. Yeah. You have us in the room. We have this much experience. We're here to tell you like, okay, this is where we think you're at. Yeah. Um, where do you want to go? I suggest doing this to get there. It's not about diagnosing you and saying what's wrong or, or what you need to work on that yeah. way. It's more so just like, you know, if, if you want to work here, you're probably going to do these kinds of roles. So we'd suggest, you know, working this in scene study or identify, you know, wh- what do you want your voice to sound like? Okay. If you want that, you're going to have to work on releasing tension in these parts or movement wise. Yeah. Like, you know, we notice that your, your body habits are this it would be a great idea in order to like give yourself more range to explore like this method of movement. So, and they've just been so, so supportive and so kind and, and with COVID and everything, a lot of the other programs in the school, cause there's BA programs, there's technical theater, there's, you know, um, writing, there's screen stuff. A lot of that has been all online, but they really fought hard for our program specifically the MAs to get an 80 20 split of classroom to Zoom. And really it's been more like 99. Like we just oh, we God. just finished our first term a couple of weeks ago. I'm on my summer break right now. And every week we would have one two hour Zoom mm-hmm. seminar at night, and all the rest, it was the same amount of classroom hours. Oh which my yeah. Which program are you in? Are you in the contemporary? Oh, you're in the uh, contemporary. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the contemporary, yeah do you mm-hmm. get
1: to choose or do they like do, do they choose for you like do you go oh this is what I love to do and they're like mm. yeah
2: yeah well in the audition proce- process they invite you to state whether you have a preference or a strong preference for one or the other in my whole life I always wanted to be like a classically trained actor so I could <laughs> say I'm like a classically trained right actor and then when it came down to it I was just like nah contemporary so in my audition video i was like i have a strong preference for contemporary and by the time i got to my interview i was second guessing myself and i was just like at risk of sounding like a real weirdo. i'd honestly be happy in either one (laughs) and then they gave me contemporary which is cool which i'm i'm really grateful for not only because the, the people are the best most amazing people but you get to work with a lot of um you do a lot of stuff with new writing so oh, next amazing. term we're working with um a theater group called wild card and they they do new writing and they focus on um giving opportunities to new artists so we'll get to write our own solo pieces as well and we've got our um our final production commissioned a commission playwright to write for us specifically um it'll be like professionally produced yeah. and everything so I'm, re- I'm really glad that i went with the contemporary one
1: I'm so stoked for you. I'm like, yeah. yes. It's so exciting. What's been like a highlight so far, like in the program? Like something that you're like,
0: oof. Oh man.
2: Oh, that's a good question. Uh doing, I think I had one really great scene study um that I was really proud of. It was, have you heard of the play after the dance? by Terence
1: Radigan. No, Yeah,
2: it's from the 1930s think it was written in 37. Terence Radigan, he's a British playwright. Uh, He wrote The Deep Blue Sea. Uh, He also, yeah, he wrote a bunch of this stuff. His his female characters are brilliant. Like they're so skillfully crafted, three-dimensional, beautiful, heartbreaking people. Um, I saw a production of After the Dance back in 2010 in London. Oh, wow. um, at the National Theater uh, oh. with starring Benedict Cumberbatch, oh. um, which was like before he was a big household name.
1: Yeah, I was going to say.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I'd, I, I because I was a weird Anglophile, i had like seen him in starter for 10 and I can't remember if like Atonement had come at that point, but he was always like this nerdy kind of dweeb
1: yeah. character.
2: So we went as a group with, it was in my guild hall um, intensive. It was one of our like outings. And I was just like, Benedict Cumberbatch, weird. Uh, and then I saw this play and he was just the most commanding, like he looks seven foot tall and big and strapping. And he, it was about this couple um, that had had their heyday in like the jazz age, just the bright young things generation. And now it was the thirties yeah. and they were just kind of like irrelevant. And um, so I, I, I had been wanting to do a scene from that for years and for a scene studies were able to pick scenes so uh I picked a partner in my group who I just she's such a brilliant actor and I've been wanting to work with her for the whole term and I begged her to do this scene uh with me and I it was just this heartbreaking scene where um the wife Benedict Cumberbatch's wife is like she's in her mid-30s she's just kind of this like party girl socialite like they live in Mayfair and everyone thinks she's just like kind of vapid and thoughtless and a gossip and they drink a lot he's basically going to die of cirrhosis of the liver if he keeps drinking and uh, this young woman kind of waltzes into their life has an affair with the husband and the young woman is you know intelligent oxford educated she thinks that that he because he's this historian she thinks he's brilliant That the wife is just letting him waste away and so it's this scene where The young girl confronts the wife, Joan, and basically is just like, you know, David and I are in love um, and we're going to get married. And so you guys need to divorce. And the heartbreaking thing is that um, Joan is so in love with her husband, David, and David is so in love with his wife, Joan, but they both think the other person isn't and they don't want to be, they call it like, I don't want to be a bore. So they'd never tell yeah. each other they and they just pretend that they have this loveless marriage of convenience they're best friends and party animals. So the scene is just Joan being like, oh yeah, I knew that. Oh, that's not a problem at all. Like, this will be fine. It'll be lovely. I'm yeah. going to have this, this glamorous life as a divorcee. And like, oh, of course, you know, you two are perfect for each other. Um, and then as soon wow. as the girl leaves, she just like breaks down. And so I'd been having a really tough time, not tough time in scene studies, but just like had been having some challenges and had been specifically trying to work mm-hmm. on them. And then in that scene, I was just so, I was falling apart in the rehearsal process and my scene partner Clarice was just so helpful and like going above mm-hmm. and beyond to just help me through it and, and reassure me and, and give me a crash course in lobbing technique. Cause <laughs> so I was like, what's that? People what? keep telling me to do this, what that? um (laughs) we had it to be fair we hadn't covered it yet we're doing it now um and (laughs) then yeah (laughs) did the scene and the so in our scene study class, you basically an hour you do it once and they workshop it and then you get to do a full run at the end and i did it the first time and i by some miracle was able to like hit the beats i wanted to and i just remember finishing the scene and looking up and just seeing all my like classmates and peers who I've been doing scene study with for a couple months and just like with that expression like looking up at me with just so much like pride and yeah. joy and the teacher being like this is this is great we workshopped it and there was there was stuff to change it wasn't like I delivered a perfect performance or anything but he was just like this is your best work and i i found that up my feedback panel as well that was like some of my best work of the term and and he said as well our teacher said as well like this is really good casting for you i would cast you in this role which has meant so much to me so mm-hmm. I, now i know i can pull off like repressed socialite party girl upper class londoner which was hugely important to me
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean obviously what are your ambitions after like this this program What yeah what's next yeah. <laughs>
2: world domination
1: Yes, yeah. that's what I want to hear
2: yeah um I would love to it has it has been my dream and now I will make it happen um living and working in London as an actor I would love to do theater and film so yeah I'm very excited to get the ball rolling on that once this yeah. program's done
1: Yeah. Yeah. what's your dream well I mean obviously you kind of said that other play and what you did in the same yeah. study but I mean what are you would a Shakespeare like is that like what you want to do or you doubt like what's? well you're just like I'll do anything yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll do it all <laughs> really not picky uh,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah I'll do a Shakespeare let's do it <laughs> yeah uh, that's a good
2: question I okay, there's definitely roles that I'd love to I would love to to play that role in a production of after the dance although I think at this point I don't know if any theater in the UK is gonna that that production in 2010 is just still so huge I would love to get to play Hester Collier in a production of Deep Blue Sea which is another Terrence Radigan one that's a dream role I also would honestly die happy if I could play Eponine in Les Mis which oh my god (laughs) which I mean we'll see if that happens but uh (laughs) No, I'd be I'd be happy doing anything. Like I would just love to be able to 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 do work that I find personally fulfilling and challenging and artistically, yeah. um, rich and work with directors and ensembles that inspire me and new writers and and theaters that are changing changing the world we live in. That would be yeah. the dream. I think theater more than any other medium uh, has yeah. the ability to, to profoundly affect people, change them and alter their worldview. And I think like, what a, yeah. what a beautiful gift, what a beautiful responsibility as well. Like, I think yeah. you, uh, it's one of the most exciting things about doing theater to me is the, the ability to have that impact on people. And it, like, I, it's not that I don't, I think entertaining people is also a value. I think this world can oh, be yeah. incredibly, you know, sad and depressing. If you can give someone one moment of joy or one laugh, like that's a beautiful yeah. gift as well. But I think yeah to be able to to i think that new writing um specifically i think the most uh pressing work that we have to do right now is anti racism and uh you know tackling white supremacy and i think that okay. new writing and new works is really where the locus of that revolution is going to be yeah. in terms yeah. of the arts so it's it's an honor and a privilege to get to be involved that way and i do hope that i get to do work that aligns with you know my My personal mission to be of help
1: and of service in that. Yes, yeah, Yeah. which is beautiful. Heck yeah. Um, did you also dabble in? You also write as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I've always been into
2: creative writing. Um, and then when I was doing comedy in my twenties, doing sketch, wrote a ton. Time ton of time, we were doing weekly sketch shows. Um, yeah. that Yeah, so it was a lot of writing, which really gave me the opportunity to hone my my voice, my comedic voice and my style and what I found funny um, and what I found interesting. And I, there was still just some ideas for plays or screenplays that were just floating around in my head. And I, yeah. I had just not really given myself the... The kick in the butt to like sit down and write it so last year or the year before god uh 2019 i applied and um, was accepted into the playwright uh, ptc playwright theaters playwrights theater collective um, yeah. block a program which is for emerging uh, playwrights or specifically like actors or other creatives who want to do playwriting yeah. um so you work with a um a playwright mentor oh, wow. and it was in a group of six or eight other brilliant creative people from all different backgrounds um, and then you work on kind of whatever piece you've been you know you can work on a couple but I chose to work on one idea that I've I'd, um, been dangling around in my brain for a while which yes. is uh, are you familiar with Jane Eyre the Victorian yes,
1: I yeah.
2: yes. Uh yeah I- yes Ah, oh,
1: yes uh, that
2: yeah. old nugget are you familiar with um, The Wide Sargasso Sea? Oh,
1: no, I'm not. But yeah,
2: okay. It was okay. a book published in the 60s and it's basically, um, uh, basically a response or kind of, it tells the story of the mad woman in the attic, like the real story. Um, so it discusses her or it posits her basically as uh, an heiress, a white Creole heiress um, from I think the Dominican, uh, and tells her story of how she got to be married, um, and how she got to move to England and kind of just sets the stage for, you know, why she was perceived as mad and put in the attic. But that book is also a little bit problematic because it's not, you know, there's a lot of uh, academic discussion um yeah. presenting birth of the mad woman in the attic because she's discussed as like dark her lips are purple, her hair is dark. Right. So they've, a lot of people have talked about her being uh, of African descent and that, that othering oh, wow. and the, the painting of her is savage and uncivilized yeah. and evil and, and all that. So it's hugely problematic. And then this book, The White Sargasso Sea, it kind of goes part of the way. She's still an outsider and she's from this area, but she's still white. And it talks about how she was somehow like less privileged Than the like black slaves she owned which was just like that's not can't be true um all this to say the thing I am writing the play I'm writing um is basically is a retelling or reworking of that story the story of Jane Eyre um it takes place in one evening and, and basically in the scene in Jane Eyre where um uh Jane kind of first encounters the this madwoman okay. in the attic. She thinks it's this ghost or this spirit or whatever. So I have it as them coming face to face in Jane's bedroom, um, and they meet. And uh, Jane is young and white. Bertha is a little bit older and black. Um, and her actual name is Antoinette. Um, and they meet, and sort of through a series of flashbacks, mm-hmm. it. Goes back and um, so the flashbacks are a bit more adaptation, uh, but it tells kind of their origin story. And at the beginning, um, the audience is very much siding with Jane because she's you know poor, an orphan, was horrendously abused. Whereas Antoinette came from a rich family, had a good upbringing, had opportunity, but her family taught her very much like it's you know it's our joy and privilege to be able to to share and help others, and that's you know what we're put on this earth to do. And then slowly throughout the story um, that wheel kind of turns and the audience starts to see that Jane is maybe more the bad guy. Um, And basically it explores and exposes um, the flaws of white feminism and faux allyship and how white women ultimately uh, will... Try to preserve what little power they have in relation to men at the expense of Black women, Indigenous women, women of color, um, and ultimately end like sacrifice them in order to to yeah preserve what power and privilege they have, and how that's bad.
1: Well, yes, yeah. Wow, have you done yeah. a like a first drafting of that through the program or?
2: Yeah. I did the first base. Yeah. Basically did a first draft of just over half of it. And then it was like one of those things that took so much out of me that I just was just like, yeah, I'll return to it in a couple months. And then, and then pandemic went in full swing. I was just kind of like, uh, but I've yeah. revisited it. I got some of my classmates to actually do uh, just an online zoom reading of it with yeah. me. So I could, could start back up and work and then school got really intense. So I was like, well, this honestly, realistically, this might not happen. For a little bit but it's still in um it's a work in progress hell yeah.
1: yeah let's do some fun like rapid fire questions even though okay. they don't always end up rapid fire but we're gonna yes. i'm gonna do it anyway i've just i've gone with that get ready get <laughs> let's go okay yeah all right describe yourself in three words oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, uh. oh no
2: <laughs> oh okay. do you know I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it and I'm gonna explain it beautiful yeah. stripey, strong I okay. <laughs> I'm a friend of this thing where it's just like think of your okay oh, I'll do it with you think of your favorite animal do I say that loud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah what's your favorite animal cat <laughs> and de- describe cats in three words
1: oh, um oh god fierce,
2: very, uh, cute. Fierce, very cute. Okay. Yeah. So that's supposed to be the three words you'd use to describe yourself. Fierce, furry, and cute. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got great hair. I would definitely say you're fierce. and You, you know what? You're cute. Hey. Yeah. So okay. I, I picked, I picked tiger and beautiful, stripy,
1: strong. So that... describe the tiger. Yeah. You are beautiful. And you were strong. The stripy. You.
2: you never know. It could be abstract.
1: Yeah. It <laughs> could be person personality. Like. Yeah. Now we're really getting into it. I'm really yeah. accepting that word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like I just
2: assumed. Okay. I, I assumed it meant stretch marks. But do you know what? I like this. Oh. Like maybe I'm equal parts op- optimist and pessimist. There we go. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank
1: you. I didn't even think about stretch marks. <laughs> I, <mean, laughs> I was like, ah. Oh. No, I like where you went with it way more. I know. I just got really like abstract with it. This is how my brain yeah. works. I was like, oh, Ooh, I love it. It's, it's way You're better. Welcome. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is a piece of advice you did not take but you wish you did? Oh,
2: piece of advice I didn't take but wish I did god honestly so much advice I I didn't take (laughs) um just like don't doubt yourself I always thought that I didn't doubt myself but if you look back at my past decisions there's clearly a whole lot of self doubt involved in terms of just like why didn't I go for that why did I take the safe route you know I I'm glad that I'm glad that everything in my life happened because it's brought me here in London now in this program. And I, I am the happiest I've ever been. Um, but there were so many times where I let my path go where other people said it should, because that would make more sense where it's just yeah. like, you know, my pipe dream has always been to go to theater school in London and then live here as an actor. And I, people are like, well, keep doing comedy. Cause that's where, you know, so many doors are opening to you, you can parlay that into that. And then you know, I know you want to do theater, but it's not really feasible in Vancouver. So do film and you can do theater on your hiatus. And it, it all made sense. And it was all good advice, Yeah. but it was all, it ultimately wasn't what I wanted. And now that I've finally gone after what I wanted, I, it came to me right away and I'm here and this is what's making me happy. So, but all that being said, I wouldn't be here if not for that entire journey. So Yeah. take everything I say with a pillar of salt. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love that though that's such beautiful advice and yeah and like honestly like you're glowing like I'm just like yes Aww. girl I love this thank you look at you okay uh, um but you made it we did it we did it yay how was that thanks for coming on chatting oh
2: thanks for having me I feel like I didn't let you talk at all what how's your life so, what I mean,
1: what are you to? That, that's part of the podcast for <laughs> you to chat and I to can't. listen
0: and that's a wrap on another episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Coffee Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy recording these episodes. Make sure that you do subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast on. And be sure to give me a follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast. I post a few behind the scenes sneak peeks and just updates on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe to that so that you can be the first to know. And I will see you